What's up, everybody? This is Chris Kane here again with another unofficial therapy podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, I should have reached out to y'all early on, but I've been all over the place since I got back from the cruise. I told y'all I would have stories, and I'll just give you a little bit because it's really too much to talk about. But first of all, we were out of control. I just, let's just put it out there. Me and the crew were just wilding. Very obnoxious. I don't feel good about what we did out there, but... We did win the lip sync battle, dominated karaoke, hit the dance floor, did all that. I think we offended some old white people. That was awesome. It was just generally a good time with like eight dudes in the crew. I didn't think it would work out. There's a lot of people. But somehow we all came together. Everybody had a good time. We laughed a lot. They got really drunk. I watched them, which sounds weird, but it was cool. We had a good time. I would tell this one mini story uh, only because I think it's the funniest thing that happened. So my boy A. Scott, big black dude, out there dancing, doing something. Maybe he's doing the Bernie or some dance like that. And he was killing it. We all saw him. We were, like, we were hyping him up like, yo, we're killing the dance move. And um, this white lady came up to him and she was like, oh, my God, I love that dance move. Can you do it again for me? And he was like, <laughs> he's like, oh, you want me to dance for you, nigga? <laughs> and what he said was so obnoxious. It was so uncalled for. It took us all aback. I, I, I legit ran around the club laughing hysterically. Her mouth was so open. She, I think she hasn't heard someone come at her like that in probably 72 years. And he said it. With no regard, really. He just did. He said it and just kind of stayed. He didn't even run away. He stayed where he was. She and, like, three of her golden girl girlfriends were just floored by it. And all of us that heard it were crying laughing because I think she was trying to compliment him. Like, hey, that was a really cool dance move. You know, can you kind of show me what that is or whatever. And he took it as the most completely racial thing ever, which I appreciate as a comedian. I didn't feel it was racist in the moment, but she didn't say it to me. It was awesome. Um, I cried a little bit laughing because it's very rare you get to see that happen in real life. It was a very humbling moment. Um, I'm pretty sure she died in the moment. That was that was her dying thought that she offended a black dude on a cruise ship. But it was awesome. And to all the boys listening to this, shout out to y'all next year. Uh, same thing. We're changing the cruise line, but we're going to do the same thing next year because we had a good time. All right. So we got that out of the way. Now I want to get to what the topic of this podcast is really about. And I have a theory about moments. And when I speak about moments, I really mean for people who have these large aspirations or people who are who are really passionate about something. So I'm a comic, right? And so my passion leads led me to California and it wants me to perform in front of 30,000 people and have specials and all that. And everyone I know who has a passion, if you're a musician, if you're a big time artist, if you're, you know, uh, anything, an actor, something like that, you essentially are living for like this moment, right? It's like winning the Oscar is the moment. If you're a comic, it's maybe having a special on Netflix that gets five stars or something. If you're a musician, it's like going on tour with your idol or something. That's the moment. That's what we all live for. And that's the, when you say, what's the goal 
of you being a comic is like if I hit that number or that altitude, then I made it. And then everything else is just kind of gravy from there. But my thought was like what happens up until the point you have that moment? It's not all irrelevant. There's obviously small moments, there's small victories. And so I've had to differentiate between living in a particular moment and then living for that moment. And if you can separate those two, I think you can appreciate the journey to the moment that a lot of people just bypass because it's not the ultimate goal. And we've all lived in a moment before. You may not realize you're doing it, but for girls, let's say you got a fresh new haircut or you just dyed your hair. It used to be dark hair, you know, you're blonde and you get all this newfound attention. And guys are asking you on dates, you know, you got a promotion at work, your confidence is boosted up, your swag is popping, and that may last for like a month or two. And you just feel like every guy you talk to wants you. Everything you do, every outfit you wear matches perfectly. Like you're, I don't know, you just like your style is really at its highest point. And then at, some, at a certain point, you have to like re-dye your hair. And maybe it doesn't come out the same way. You kind of regress to the mean. And you're back to kind of what you were before. But that two months... You were in you're in a you're in a moment where it's just you are we we call it like an industry like, like not in the industry you're hot you you're hot for that moment but for the purposes of this podcast we'll say living in a moment and for a dude get the fresh cut or you just got the promotion with the corner office and they say hey you get a company car or something now you boss and you got a little bit more money you go and get your nice little tailored suit you always wanted a tailored suit you know you go get a tailored suit now the suit fits the right way. You got the nice office. Now you got this increased status. And you feel like, yo, I'm kind of that dude. Low-key bragging, but high-key, you see what I'm doing right now. And you kind of walking around, and you flashing the keys, and you wait for somebody to ask you, hey, what do you do? I'm actually a regional supervisor, which doesn't even, I don't think that's even a real title, but let's just go with it. Regional supervisor, you know, corner office at blah, 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 blah. That's a, a three-name law firm. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh my God, you do all that. You're so young, or and, and you just you just you feel yourself. And at a certain point, you know the job gets kind of old, and then you're just doing the job, but the the shine is worn off. That was a moment for you. I bring all this up because I think those little moments are really telling, and essentially, I think the preparation you you put in leads to how good those moments are. And how long those moments actually last. Because essentially a little moment can just swell into the moment. Really, if you think about it, right? If I'm if I'm a musician and I come out with a little song or something and it gets a little bit of traction, if I can ride that song out and then follow that moment up with a second good song and then it gets heard by the right people and it's we want you to go on tour and then that becomes like that moment can just keep swelling. There's no reason why the moment necessarily needs to end. It's just that most of them do. And if you, the first song you wrote turned out, it'd be great. But you haven't had a history of writing songs. You're not really that experienced at it. It's possible that you would be like a one-hit wonder type person. You'd be putting the work in. So how would you know how to sustain it? Versus someone who's been writing music for 15, 20 years. And they've just been waiting for that moment. And then they get a moment where someone's like, hey, 35-year-old band people, you guys are talented. You want to open for so-and-so? And it's like, oh, shit, this is a moment. This is a moment right here. 
and you go and open for them, and they say, hey, you come up with us for a 10-city tour, and it just keeps going. But you've been doing music for so long already that that moment's not too big for you. You go in front of the audience, and you like, this is what I've been prepping for. And you go out there, and you rock it. A lot of the people I know out here in L.A. and the whole like Hollywood scene want moments. They want the small moment, then obviously the big moment. But a lot of them, from what I can tell, haven't put the necessary work in. Like they're young people, um, you know, or they haven't struggled enough, or they haven't, you know, been rejected enough to really know what what it would feel like to really get to where they want to get to. And so sometimes people get lucky, right? You get like a national commercial your first month in LA, and you say, "Oh man, I'm crushing it." Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be famous. I'm gonna be like the Sprint phone guy, or that used to be Verizon. Now he's on Sprint because his whole life is doing these dumb phone commercials. You just assume you can parlay that into acting, and then parlay that into leading, and it just kind of keeps going. And then you do a commercial, but it's just because you had a look, or maybe you were just really hot that day, and it, it popped for you. And then when you don't get a commercial for three to six months, then you're like kind of down on yourself. You're kind of depressed. Because you have nothing to fall back on. You had you haven't worked hard enough to know. All right, once I book this one commercial, I need to know who these people are. Link up with their people, stay in contact with them, try to parlay this into a second commercial. You don't know how to like do the business side of it. And I think the worst thing is to get a good moment too soon. And I think the hardest thing is to wait for a long time to get a moment. And I feel like I recently come into a moment I don't think it's the ultimate moment of like this is the rest of my life but sometimes you feel like things are kind of aligning for you and my basic belief in life and I've said this on previous podcasts is that I believe if you put the work in in something you like and something you love and you try and you care about what you do the results will come it just may not happen the way you want it to. We want it to happen instantaneously. It's like, I want to study for a test and then get an A. But what may happen is you study for the test and you may get like a B. And you're like, man, what the hell? I studied for so many hours. But then like on the final, you may get a really high grade. But on a, some, on a small test, you don't, right? It just may be pushed back. And it may even reap rewards down the line. You never know how it's going to go for real. But I believe that to be true because that is comforting to me. And it makes the most sense. Like, I don't believe you can do something that matters for real, for real, half-assed, and then get the results you want to get. I believe you really have to put the work in to get what you want. And if you do it the right way, it won't necessarily come easy. Because I don't really believe in things happening easy or fast or whatever. But I do believe that there's a reason why Chris Rock can do stand-up for 25 years. There's a reason Jay-Z can rap for 22 years. And there's a reason why... You know, you haven't heard Soldier Boy in a couple of years, uh, maybe five years. I don't know how old Soldier Boy is. Or what's up, boy? <laughs> the guy said, uh, "Everybody in the club get tipsy." I'm drawing a blank on his name. Jaquan, is that right? That doesn't sound right. It's just like you haven't heard this dude since. Like, there was nothing there. He was just a just a dude. Is Tipsy a hot song? Maybe I guess thirty years ago, but <laughs> but. I've always believed that you put the work in and the results will come. And so when things aren't working out for you and, it's, and you're kind of getting down on yourself and you're like, why hasn't the reward come? 
why haven't I started reaping the rewards of whatever I'm putting in? It can be discouraging because you feel like I see other people shining. And I never, you know, try to look at other people shine, but we're human. How could you not, right? And you're almost wondering, when is all this good work going to pay itself off? You're not even doing it necessarily for that, but it's you want that validation. We all do. We're humans. And so when things do start kind of coming together, then you're like, all right, this is what I was, this is what I was waiting for. And since I've been out here, I've been kind of prepping for what direction my life would kind of go in in, as, in regards to like the fitness industry because I've been a trainer for 10 years now. And I've always worked at gyms, never really been an independent trainer. I never really had to. I was blessed with having really good clients who kept me busy and kept me you know, fed. And recently, the outside business has started to do well for me. And it happened seemingly very quickly, where it was like, oh, I got like one person. Two, all right, I got two. Two still solid. To then like three, and then like four, and then like six, and then it happened fast. And I don't know how long the moment will last. I've been a trainer for a long time. I prepped for a minute to, you know, for this moment. But at the same time, once you get there, then you start having to deal with all the little things that you don't necessarily know you'll have to deal with until you're in the moment. All the logistics parts of it. It's like scheduling and then how to fit my workouts in and then allegiances and then pricing points and then little things. So I felt like since I got back from this cruise the wild cruise we just took. <laughs> that that was necessary. You needed a break from reality. That's what cruises are. If you ever want to take one, just do it for your, your own mental sanity. It came back really, really focused. And my focus was, let's really get my life together. That was my focus. It wasn't even about training. It was, let's get my life together. Let's like pay some people off. Let's, you know, I have a, my car is okay, but let's fix the car up a little bit. Um, Get, get the new place feeling like a home and not just a, a place you stay. All those little things that you think about. And this getting your life together sounds vague, so I just gave you all a couple of details. But I never even thought about, all right, get my life together. Let's just start building my clientele. That wasn't really a thought. It was just, I guess, a part of it. And as soon as I got back, it just, I felt like it started happening. And I feel like there's more to come. And it's a strange thing. This is going to sound really nerdy, but I'm just going to go for it because... I don't care what y'all think. So, I'm I'm an anime fan dude. They say fanboy, but I just can't call myself a fanboy. And I like Dragon Ball as a series. Dragon Ball Super is what I'm watching currently, and it's almost over. And it has its own little quirks and things that I don't like. Like some of the fight sequences are repetitive, and some just dumb plot twists and stuff are dumb. But this whole thing has been about Goku, the main character, reaching a level of fighting where he doesn't have to think about how he's fighting. All right, I call it Ultra Instinct. I'm just, going, I'm just going all the way down a rabbit hole of nerdiness right now. And essentially what happens is when he reaches his level, his body reacts to his opponent without him thinking about it. Because when you think about, I need to throw a punch, that, that point, whatever seconds your brain has to do that, is less time that you're punching. Right, You have to... Think about it, brain to fist, fist throws a punch. Essentially, his fist just throws a punch when it sees an opening, 
dodges the punch when someone tries to hit him, and it's the ultimate level of whatever he is. But he's the only way to get to this point is to be so in tune with what you're doing that you're just in this level. You just end this this moment. The fight is everything. You don't see people around you. You don't pay attention to people screaming. You don't pay attention to other people's lives being on the line. You're just so entrenched in the battle that all your body is doing is the battle as opposed to everything else. And I think since I've gotten back, I feel like the moment that I'm in, I my level of focus is... It's almost at that level where I'm I'm really dialed in to what I'm trying to do right now. That secondary stuff I'm just like disregarding. Like, hey, you want to? Nope, gone. This, nope, gone. I get done with this. What's the next thing? Schedule that. Like, put this in. All right, pay for that. And it's just it's almost on this kind of clockwork kind of thing. I've never experienced this kind of feeling before, especially not in California. And it's. Like, this me talking in this podcast is me stepping out of it, finally. But right up until this point, I was in Excel doing, like, a expense report and doing all this. And I'm just really, like, really, really dialed in. And it's kind of a awesome feeling. It's almost like when you meditate and you're in that purgatory between being awake and being asleep. So, like, you're aware that you're meditating, but you're not moving. And so you feel almost hazy. You just... You're almost floating, and you walk, and you're just in that moment. That's how I felt like a lot of the day. I'm just walking past people, waving at them. Just I'm just zoning, but I'm not completely disconnected from the moment. It's just it's like anything that's irrelevant just washes off. And I think it's probably a really tough way to live, like long term. I don't want to necessarily do that, but I am curious how long this will last. And once it reaches its final altitude, and then it starts kind of descending, what that new reality will be. Because I've already started thinking, let's play this scenario all the way out for the next year, rest of the year. Let's say I live this life I'm living kind of now, where that'll put me in my life, um, what my burnout factor will be like, how I build in breaks and vacations, how big will the business get, will I have to leave Equinox, will I... I don't know how to buy another car so I can just have more equipment on me at any given moment and just be like kind of a mobile training unit. All these things have just been going, but it's going at, a, at such an accelerated pace that it's almost weird for my brain to keep up with everything, even though it's the one that's sending the signals out. And I don't I, I doubt many of you know what, in, in regards to training, what I'm talking about. But I think some of you if not a lot of you, have been in a moment where you're so dialed in. If I guess if you're like in law school or something. Or, again, I used the music analogy earlier because that makes sense to me. But where you're so focused on something you're doing. And I, I, think, I think my boy Tiago had this moment. When he, Tiago's the trainer I knew. He's a friend, but he's a trainer that I knew um, in Miami. And he moved there from Brazil he moved to Boston then to Miami and all he wanted to do was start his own gym like that was his thing he said I moved to America I have a dream I want to start a gym and I watched this dude go from zero clients to like 32 clients 32 clients at Equinox so you know what what kind of paper that is in like I don't know five months maybe he was already full-time in like two months but maybe like 
five to six months, he had that many clients. And it was just like 12 hours a day, six days a week of training. It was it was unreasonable to watch him. And I just he just he was like he's like a machine. Go like in that little five minute break, shovel a snack down, crush a little shake, and he just was just going, going, going. And it was really impressive to watch him go. Like it stressed me out watching him do it. But he just had a singular focus. He's like, I want to raise money to start a gym. And I know how to train. Equinox pays the most for training. So I'm going to go there and ball out. And at some point, he took like a two-week trip back to Brazil to kind of give himself a refresher. Came back, got back to the grind. And I remember talking to him, like, man, how you doing this? He's like, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm a little burnt out. But he said he has an accent, but I can't do it well. <laughs> so I'm not going to do it. But it's like, I, I can't. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm burnt out. But I want to get this gym going. I already found a space. I know how much it's going to cost. I want to do it. And he became, for like three months, the number one trainer in the entire company of Equinox. So if you know what Equinox is about, you know what you know what we claim to be and yada, yada. If going to be number one trainer for a few months, it's like... A hell of an accomplishment. I don't know how much he made. I don't, he made six figures for sure, but I don't know what his exact salary was. But he eventually saved the money he wanted to save, and he did indeed open his own gym. And I think he's opening a second gym now somewhere else, uh, maybe back in Brazil. But And I was there for the grand opening of his, of his gym, and he was like, how you feel about the facility, man? I looked around at it, and I was like, I remember when this dude first got the job. And he was just like, I'm going to start a gym. That's my goal. And he had to sacrifice. I think he has his he had a he had a girlfriend at the time. I think they broke up and you know, his workouts had to take a back seat and you know, maybe his diet wasn't as clean as he wanted it to be, but he got to where he wanted to get to. And I don't know if it was everything he dreamed it would be. I think it was maybe a little bit harder to like keep clients and stuff. But he got there though. And watching that was it was inspirational. Because it's the closest thing I've seen to what I'm trying to accomplish. And because I got to see him every day, I just got to see the relentless pursuit. It was just like, I don't know. And I was I was doing well as a trainer myself. I'm like, listen, I'm making good money in Miami. I just bought a car, just paid off a credit card. Like, I was feeling pretty good by myself. And I'm watching this dude like, man, he's, he's operating on a level that I can't really fuck with right now. And I'm wondering if that's... The direction I'm going in, if that's where like this moment is going to lead to, although I don't know what the end result would be because the moment that I want to reach in life is not about training; it's about comedy and entertainment. So, this is, I guess, a separate moment in training where I guess maybe I'll open up my own facility and do something. Like, I never really thought about having a gym, but it may be that that's what this becomes. But it's, it's it's an interesting thing, and I, I, there's no parting wisdom here. I can't be like, so go live your moment, because <laughs> normally I try to leave with something for you guys to like absorb and appreciate. But I guess if I can leave with anything, I, wa- I, I want it to be, be aware when you're actually in a moment. And like maybe a good indicator would be when you just feel like things are kind of going your way. That job you didn't think you would get you did get um that girl you thought would never agree to going out with you does agree to go out with you and you do well 
or it was guy, right? Subsequently, um, you you I know you say you if you're a musician, your stuff comes out dope. If you're an artist, you put something in a show and you get like rave reviews and you sell more pieces than you thought you would. And someone's like, hey, that was a great show. Actually, my boy Kelly had this. I'm gonna give you guys another story because now I wanna. Shout out people. Uh, my client, Kelly Johnson in Miami, is an artist. Kelly's one of the dopest people I've ever met in my life. He's like this is the most low-key, like St. Louis white dude. I don't know why I threw white dude in. It just seemed important. And my last year in Miami training him, he was one, he's my client. He's He does like 3D type art. So it's like his art comes off the walls and it's got like like glass and it's got tape and it's all types of stuff it's a very it's very involved in his painting it's not just him like painting on a canvas and i remember the year started like the year the end of 2015 i guess it was um he was in art basel which is if you know art you know that's a big deal and someone had said hey we want to put you in a show like next year in march and he already had a show scheduled for like June that year as well. He says, hey, I got two shows, March and June. So, hey, man, 2016, shame would be really nice for you. And then 2016 came, and it seemed like every month there's a new show. Oh, man, I just did a show, and they want me to come back in April. But I already got the show in June. So, And it was like all year. I called it the year of Kelly because I wasn't original or clever. It just observant. And he was like, man, I booked this. Um, I have to do a speaking engagement. They put me on his website. I'm meeting with this curator who's a big-time person. I might have to fly overseas or something. It was just things just kind of kept falling in place for him. And I kept telling him, like, man, Kelly, I want to live one of these these years like you, dude. This is a year of Kelly. He had been, he's been an artist for almost 20 years. He's been doing this for a long time. And he said, he said he's getting mad. He had money, right? He's done shows. He lives a good life. I mean, living Coral Gables, he's doing good. He's doing good for himself. But I don't think he ever had a year where it was so back to back to back, and got to the point where he was like, "I don't know if I have enough art to fit the number of shows they want me to do." And so he was at his studio. He would leave our session and go straight to the studio for like ten hours, just trying to create content, just trying to put stuff out, trying to get it done. And while this was happening, his art started to switch up and it got more like ephemeral. It was dealing more like with space and that kind of thing. And he didn't know where the art would go. He said himself, he's like, I normally know exactly where the pieces are going to be. I'm starting to create stuff now without knowing how it's going to end. And then as it's happening, the end kind of presents itself. You know, he never really created that way before, but because he needed to create content, I think his brain switched into like overdrive. And just started like working at a started connecting dots before his he can like make he can make the connections himself, and it was a dope year for him, man. Like he he did a bunch of stuff that year and sold a lot of stuff, got recognition. He got a new assistant. He was just it was the year of Kelly, and I think he's had a good year, you know now. But that year, I don't think he's ever had a year like that. And I'm not sure, you know, when the next one like that will come, but. It was it's it's really amazing to watch someone. I know a lot of actors out here who see their friends do something, get booked for something, and then kind of see them get booked and booked and booked. And you're like, man, you've been like on three shows as like the the guest person who dies or something, or someone's girlfriend, and then you got booked for this. Oh, you're gonna be an extra in this movie, and you just see like 
a run of things happen. And it's really awesome to see. And so I'm telling you guys now because I'm it's just become aware to me that I think I'm in one of those now. But because I'm a trainer, it's not <laughs> it's not famous. You guys won't necessarily see it. You'll just like hear me talking about it, or maybe you'll just if you're around me, maybe you'll feel my energy will be a little different. Um, but I, I'm excited for what it could be because since I've been in LA, I haven't had those moments and I've been pushing for them, pushing for them. And I thought when I first got here, I got booked for a game show, like three months into being in LA. And I thought, man, this is dope. I'm already on TV. He's <laughs> like, this is it, baby. I'm, I made it. And then like, nah, didn't do anything for like four months. And then I did like two commercials in a month and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then I haven't done anything in like four months. And it's just like been lulls there. But I think this is this is a moment. And I can see like all the mistakes I've made since I've been in LA trying to figure out how to move and like how to adapt to the new state and rules and competition competition and all that stuff. Like all these little factors i think things are i'm starting to figure it out a little bit i think things are starting to do what they're supposed to do and i've prepped my whole life for this and so i believe i can make this moment last for for a bit until i don't necessarily want the moment anymore so i was gonna say wish me luck but this is not even a luck thing i guess just support me if you can and if you can ride the wave with me, then I'm, I'm the more the merrier. I want as many people with me as possible for all this because I think some really awesome and exciting things are about to start happening. And not that it's about damn time, but it feels overdue. But I believe strongly that you don't miss blessings and things that happen, happen when they're supposed to happen. And, and it's not always on our schedule. In fact, I think it rarely is. But this is one that I think is happening, it will happen. And so I'm really excited because it's happening to me. <laughs> and because I have this podcast, I can keep you guys abreast of what's going on. So you can kind of you know, get a little play-by-play with me. But I'm excited for this. And I hope you guys in your own lives get to live out a moment, get to be in a moment. And kind of ride the wave and when you're in it the awareness like oh this is what Chris is talking about where you just feel like you can't miss you're just in the zone and things are just kind of popping for you I hope you find your moment and that it lasts for as long as you want it to and that it reaps the rewards you wanted to reach and reap the rewards you wanted to reap I said reach that was dumb <laughs> aside from that thank you guys for tuning in as always you know hit me up on social media sexy comedy Chris Kane all that good stuff I will see you guys next week. I will still be in my moment, and hopefully I can give you guys some some really cool updates on what my life's doing. Um, have a fun week. Deuces. <laughs>